Welcome to the podcast, And the Church Said. My name is Dr. Monique Smith-Gadson, a Christian licensed professional counselor specializing in marriage and family therapy. I'm your host for this weekly podcast where we discuss church and culture from a Christian counseling perspective. All of our insights are rooted biblically to foster emotional, mental, and spiritual health for individuals and for churches. We aim to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Quite simply, we help the church help the people. Although I am a licensed clinician, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We strongly encourage you to seek out your own personal relationship with a professional therapist. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to have you join us for our conversation on today. Today, we're doing our midweek service to the church, and our discussion will be centered on problem-solving coping. This is somewhat of a follow-up to the last episode where we were discussing anger. One of the findings based on the research suggested that anger expression especially among African-Americans, could be beneficial to one's physical health, along with their emotional and mental well-being, with the motivation to resolve problems in a constructive way. So in this episode, I wanted to focus on that problem-solving, coping component to the research that we were discussing on the last episode. According to an article that is authored by Suda and Reddy entitled Problem Solving Coping Styles in Relation to Personality Type, Health Behavior, and Life Satisfaction Among Cardiovascular Patients. In it, they define problem solving coping as any coping behavior that aims to solve a specific problem or eliminate a certain stressor. It is applied to when an individual perceives the problem as solvable and the situation as changeable. There are other types of copings, but today we're going to focus specifically on problem-solving coping. My hope is that problem-solving coping will help us to imagine ways to solve problems and or eliminate stressors by seeing that problem as something that can be solved and recognizing that maybe there is a way to eliminate a certain stressor. Now, as I said in the last podcast, racism isn't going anywhere. And I also said that that does not mean we do not do the work that we are called to do by fighting for the oppressed and giving voice to those people groups who are marginalized. The anger that is felt and expressed can be beneficial to our overall physical health if it is coupled with a motivation to resolve problems in constructive ways. There are some very real systemic issues that are so intertwined and embedded that it has taken some generations to dismantle and some still have yet to budge. But I think an acceptance of this can help our emotional and physical well-being overall. 
because we might have expectations for a thing to be a certain way. And when it is not, then we are frustrated. And if we can take that expectation and if we can channel it into an actionable plan, then we might be able to lessen the effects of some of these frustrations upon us. So for example, we have recognized that the justice system um, is built in ways that are going to adversely impact Black people. This is a fact that angers most of us. And we can stay angry and allow those feelings to be destructive inside of us or outside of us if not expressed and handled properly or in more constructive ways. So there are some who are like legislating for change. There are people who are regist registering to vote or organizing people to vote. There are organizations that advocate specifically for prison reform or for the humane treatment of those who are incarcerated. So these are some examples of ways that problems have been defined to be solvable and situations can be changed. If we can imagine these systems as problems um, that are solvable, the expression of that anger along with the problem-solving coping skills can again be a work for the good of our emotional and physical well-being. It can sometimes surely feel as though some weighty matters in our lives have no solutions. Some seem as though they cannot be changed. But let's take a look at what's involved in problem-solving coping first. So the first thing that we have to do is clarify the problem. So many times we have so much going on or so many other things to get tangled um, in with the actual problem, we do not know exactly what the problem is. And this is a problem when people are trying to discuss a very specific problem and others will add other information or other issues or other challenges in with that conversation. What we have to do is clarify. We need to take it one thing at a time. And this is not as always as simplistic as it sounds, but it is a step in the process that must be done. Sometimes it might be hard to concretely define the problem. And sometimes the reasons why that can be, uh, where this clarity is prevented from being found, is that we can often describe our problems very vaguely. We'll say, like, for example, they keep blocking me. And we need to figure out, okay, who's blocking? How are they doing this and why? Another obstacle is when we state the consequences as though it is the problem. So for example, we may say, I feel trapped instead of, I do not know all of my options and how to exercise them. Secondly, we must generate alternative courses of action. Now it is very important to note here that we are emphasizing courses of action 
and not solutions. Because depending on the magnitude of the problem, there may not be a one solution that will, will work to resolve the issue, as it is with most things that are systemically oppressive. That's why we must focus on alternatives that can improve the situation. Brainstorming is very important, important here to generate numerous ideas instead of jumping on the first idea that comes to mind. Because again, we may have to work shorter term for an improvement until we are able to address the many aspects of being able to um, devise a solution. We also must evaluate the alternatives and select a course of action. So a guideline that we can use in evaluating the alternatives is to ask a couple of questions. Is each alternative realistic? What are the costs or the risks? We need to really make sure we think about the possible negative consequences. How do we compare the de desirability of the probable outcomes of each alternative? So for example, we may ask what's best for me or what's best for a greater good or for a collective good. And lastly, select the best course after careful evaluation. So again, though that is a guideline that is used to evaluate all of the alternatives. And then when we get ready to select a course of action. And finally, the last thing in this problem solving coping skill is to take action, but to remain flexible. You must be willing to follow through with your choice and flexibility is going to be a must. Seldom do things go as planned. Be willing to revise along the way. Okay. So I hope that this brief information on problem solving skills to cope will be beneficial to you. I do hope when you find yourself in a situation that is frustrating or that provokes anger, you will be able to use this skill alongside your expression of those feelings. We are on the road toward emotional and mental and physical and spiritual wellness. As I said on the last episode, we must consider all of these aspects. Let us recognize the emotion and let's express it and manage it in healthy ways. Then let us apply those problem solving coping skills where applicable. Let us remember we can plan our course, but it will be God who will establish our steps. So remain flexible. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the church.
after you have heard my call, equipping you with problem-solving, coping skills, what will be your response? And the church said,